Aquarian Music Witch, the podcast. You know, I just remember at the time it was so fascinating but then my life fell apart right afterwards like while mm-hmm. I was like still like kind of in it and um it was so con so much contrast so much contrast like immediate like you know like we're, like it was talk like about that by the, I want to I didn't really we didn't really get to have like a full are you comfortable talking about your spiritual awakening story or do you want to like leave that on the floor which is okay but I would love to just hear it and like yeah, how you got through it and what happened after it yeah, we can talk about it. Um, Only if you're comfortable, but I think yours in particular is really fascinating. It would, I think it would be really helpful for a lot of people to hear probably. Yeah, I'll kind of like, I'll try to funnel it, like the parts that are more extraneous, but I, um, you know, went through something very hard and um, then I kind of was in this state of like, well, it's either like get on a path or die, you know? And um, Kundalini, like Kundalini yoga, like snuck up on me. Um, I never saw this girl again, but I was at my friend's place, invited me over. It's like cabin in the woods on this deck and this amazing witchy girl. I like know her name. I don't feel like the name. I'll just mention her first name was Sam. And she was so cool. And um. You know, she held an ear in a lot of space and she like told me like about it and offered to like facilitate like a little session with me and my friend on the deck. And um, she did and it was really great and it um, helped me a lot. And then I found my teacher in Asheville who was teaching Kundalini Yoga at the time and I started going to her not for too long i don't even remember how long at this point but maybe like three or four months or something like that it was just so like you know um powerful for me and it felt right and it got to that point where i was like i want to go further with it and she guided me to her teachers in new york city okay um and so I, I did this program and one of my teachers was the custodian of the archives of the teachings. Like what a fucking Harry Potter. That ass. is amazing. Like, yeah. Trained by so, Dumbledore. Yeah, literally. And she had access to teachings that nobody else literally on the planet has. Cause she has like these videos of Yogi Bhajan teaching things that like, you know, shouldn't really be honestly replicated by most people. Oh. Um, like like things that would just blow your mind you know like and she like her specifically she changed my life with some of her things and then in a class one day she um was in the middle of a lecture and she just had that look on her face and she was so airy i remember talking to her she was older she's like in her 70s and I felt her aura in the room before I ever even saw her when she was walking behind me. And she's like, you know, all air sign stuff for her sun, moon rising. And like, she's just such an airy. And she, um, 
told us all to stand up and she guided us through this like insane posture. I don't even know how to describe it to you, but yeah, I just went completely out of body um, and was not connected to my body at all anymore. And um, it's such a cliche, but it was just like the brightest white light. And I, you know, the visual was actually me sitting in a circle with my teachers in new york city Mm. we were just laughing in ecstasy and um it was the most blissful feeling i've ever had in my entire life and um and then i remembered my other teacher in in Asheville. before i left she had told me now if you go too high up like remember your body Mm -hmm. don't pass out like go back into your body okay and i like remembered that while I was floating around in the ether and I went back down into my body and yeah it was like my whole body was like it was just liquid fire and it was just so powerful and I felt like I was levitating and um like I felt in the same way that I would when I would be like on on like really good acid (laughs) And um, for quite some time and even like visually, like the reality was like brighter. And I ended up um, in the beginning of it all, like attracting really amazing experiences and um, connections with people that went deep. And, um, you know, it was just such a creative time and in a powerful time in my life. And it's when everything in my life almost like you know like when people talk about like when you are dying like you know you have your life flash before your eyes it was almost like that it was like from my birth up until that point every single dot connected and made I made sense out of every little experience that I've ever had up until that point and yeah then I had like I went through like the I'm the chosen one thing for like a couple weeks and then my life fell apart (laughs) after that and um it was just so hard when you're like like so ungrounded and so aware and everything is heightened you know and um do you feel like um and that's an extremely powerful experience that you just described and a lot of people say that their kundalini awakenings feel like that burning fire up the spine. So that's very interesting because it's a very commonly described kind of experience um, for people who've gone through something like that. But uh, I guess what I wanted to ask was, do you think that, that, do you think that your behavior as a result of that turned into what happened right then where things were falling apart? Or do you think that it, do you think that it was helpful to be kind of floating above it all so that you could save yourself from the pain of some of that? Or do you think that maybe it was keeping you out of touch in a way that like didn't serve you well in the real and the physical, you know? Mm, That's a great question. Yeah. Thanks for curving that that way. I never really, interestingly enough, I haven't really thought about that. I think that, um, yeah, interestingly enough, I haven't, I think that, um, and, and that's why I love talking to you. You always like bring a cool perspective onto things and, and questions I think that, um, I think that that was part of the process. I think that everything had to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I think that I had a soul part. Yeah. It's common. Too. I feel like that was almost a soul contract. Mm-hmm. 
it was almost like you're going to experience such polarity and contrast. And I think that's why too, I, um, you know, cause I, the way that I have taught yoga and the way that I have like, you know, taught elementary astrology and everything. And it's always, I'm, I'm striving to be like very humble about it all. And to also be very compassionate and understanding because we are all just human. We're not above being human. And part of the human experience is going through extreme hardships. And I think that, um, people though who have accessed like a level of awareness you know and in, in the ways that i have it's like a blessing you know it's like a blessing to be able to hold space for people who are just really struggling so i think that was such a sensitive time and experience for me um because i just felt it all and um i think that it really shaped who i am now i think it had to happen that way yeah, they call that a canon event sometimes. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. It's like a TikTok thing that goes around, but it's like uh, if you see someone else going through something that it's like they had to do for their life, for the course of their life, and you can see that it's a bad choice, but they have to learn that, then people will be like, yeah, I couldn't stop her. It was a canon event, something that has to happen. And that's, I think that that's, I mean, that is what they call the dark night of the soul. And I mean, I went through, you know, also one of those things where it's like the entire it's like you're standing on a rug that gets pulled (laughs) oh my god um it's not always I mean it feels bad but I think a lot of what happened to me through my moment like that when I look back on it was like well in a way thank Christ thank all the Christs that that happened to me exactly that way because I would have been so stuck in the mud if I was still with some of those people that that we just had to part ways. And now I'm like, it's like old hat. Like I'm a little tired of it, honestly, because a lot of people will come into my life for a certain reason. And I'm not the kind of person who has big explosive ends to my friendships historically. But for some reason now that I've gone through this like awakening thing, I will get these people in my life that are like close, close people. And then done. Never was meant to be clearly learned my lesson looking back on that, thank God. But like, it happens like all the time now. And it's like, at that time it was brand new when I was doing that. And I had to go through all that because now, um, I need to know, I need to have that skill because otherwise you'd get stuck. And it's like, we're meant for more you and me both. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you feel like that, but that's, that's what I went through. Same thing. So that happened to me, like during that hard time, I, I think like it, we, I just realized I think they realized too, like it was more than like just a couple, it was like five different connections mm-hmm. of mine exploded. And like, it was just like, we did not vibra- vibrationally like match mm-hmm. each other in such a um, extreme way that we just, you know, like could not be friends or, or connected or coworkers anymore. And we just had to um, <clears throat> part ways and it wasn't in the most healthy or gentle way. Mm. And I, I can recognize too my own role in those things. You know what I mean too? Yeah, I understand. Because when you're also radiating like that, when you've like gone through your awakening, it's too much for some people. I can get that. Yeah, I'm like, for me, I can look back on that and be like, wow, that must have 
been a lot for them to like have to like take on you know like they didn't ask to take it on and they <sighs> yeah but yeah it, it happens that way right it does and i um, think you said before it's kind of isolating and that is part of it is it just feels like oh my god am i never gonna find like my people and yet you do like in the midst of all that i've also found some of my people and i've also had some of my people there the whole time such as yourself you know but but it, but really there are people and there are people that have gone through these things and that understand and that can be that that, that are on this level i think and i think it's it does feel so isolating but that's kind of not the full story at the same time you go through like the planetary like shifts with it like seasons almost within that process like first it's like you know the venus like the venusian you know just like i'm so in love and obsessed with this thing and then it's like the mars like the action stuff and like you know the almost like sexual energy behind it and then it's like it might be out of order here but it's like and then you know you kind of get into like that Capricorn energy of like trying to like build it up kind of thing like very Saturnian and very serious with it all and then it's like Pluto and it's like two sides to that it's almost like everything falls apart and then everything regenerates it's like almost a process like a seasonal process th through it all that's also the planetary archetypes can help me to paint the picture there for for those who get that but um and I know that you do, but yeah, it's such a, um, I mean, it's almost like I could like, you know, pinpoint how it's going to go. Like first oh, you're going to, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. First oh, gonna... No, you're fine. Um, I need people to interrupt me so that yeah. I stop talking. So... Yeah, no, I'd love to hear you talk. I'm, I'd rather you talk. I was just going to ask about astrology because uh, <laughs> you're also probably more adept at that whole subject than I am. And if you're talking about like predicting things, I think there's a lot in not just needle charts, but like the astrological mo movements overall, they can help with understanding things like the future. So I'm sure you can, I'm sure you do have like predictive understanding. Yeah. Astrology has helped me so much to just, um, helps me understand people, helps me to understand myself better. Um, looking into the future, it can, almost like sometimes though you you open that pandora's box and it's really hard to close it <laughs> so you got to be careful with that but and you know i actually have um stepped away from astrology a little bit over the years okay it's just not my primary focus um focus right now then where are you where are you kind of focused right now <sighs> I've been getting into Chidao Tea Bowl ceremony. Oh. Um, there's a place across the street from me where this amazing woman who, like, studied in Taiwan under a tea master, like, you know, learned, like, this whole... And, God, let me tell you, when she facilitates tea ceremony, it shifts things. It's, like, such a gentle, like, a yin... Um, way to to just it, it it unfolds you in a way and you're so open and you know everything just softens it softens you into a meditative state 
in the most gentle, beautiful way. And I think that I came from that like fiery place of Kundalini yoga and I'm softening more into like the watery, you know, the, the water path almost, you know, over the years. And I've become just more gentle and with how I want to um, treat my body. And, um, you know, like when you're meditating through the tea ball ceremonies, it's, um, things effortlessly come to you or this is my experience they they come to me and can kind of like instead of peeking into the future with the astrology stuff and and predictive astrology which there's a place for it trust me i i still am on board i just have veered from it a little bit um but i i feel like you know more than anything else we all have choice and free will and to navigate that and to meditate on how we want to build the bones for our future and then apply applying it like you know you can also work with astrology in that way like applied astrology like using good angles and good channels to mark times to like do the action or or sow the seeds depending but yeah i um the t-bowl ceremonies have helped me a lot to just show me that like also to be watery and flexible sometimes it's you have to put the astrology to the side and do things in your own personal flow without looking at the charts <laughs> that's amazing and so i highly recommend that i don't it's not you know something that you're going to find in any city i i'm yeah, extremely well, yeah you must have really lucked out to find that teacher but also i think they say when you are ready to learn something the teacher will present themselves you know so i feel like you're like it's because you were at that stage where you were ready for it you must have found the right exact person i did and you know what's so funny about that not funny haha but just you know the connections this woman is like very good friends with my first kundalini yoga teacher oh wow and she's also like a very good friend and also the teacher mentor to one of my friends who now lives in Asheville, who lived in saint pete for 14 years who taught her t-bowl ceremony and um she showed me it and then i moved here and then this woman is literally a two minute walk two minute three minute walk across the street from me doing these um Chidao tea bowl ceremonies twice a month that's amazing. and it's just like you can't make it up you no, know you make it up that's exactly right yeah and that's how you kind of like know when you're on the right path I think too right yeah so, I think so there's signs about there's signs there are you got to be discerning but there are signs yeah sometimes more subtle than others for me <laughs> like like the universe wants to make it obvious sometimes yeah. Because I I'm like an aquarium. I'm like I need answers. I need concrete. <laughs> you know, I need the obvious, concrete evidence. And the universe is like, are, like relax, bitch. <laughs> relax, <right."> dude. <laughs> <You> know, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you. I'm so glad you're going to new places always on your path. You know, I think you are always teaching me new things every time we talk too. So. I'm happy that you're you're there now because it's just a sign that you're evolving. It's a sign that you're I don't think I think like any kind of identity, any kind of like 
you know, anything you could say about yourself, it's like something you kind of have to go through and process. And then you, if you're, if you're healthy, if you're healing, you're, you're moving on to the next thing and you're always kind of growing and expanding. And, uh, I think that's a sign of, of that. That's a sign of healing always. Expanding is the key word, right? Like I think we sometimes, and God, I brought this analogy up earlier in reference to something completely different with somebody, but Sometimes we put a frame around things, right? With like a label or like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I just don't want to be limited. Like, you know, I was a Kundalini yoga teacher for a while and an astrologer. And like, you know, I put a frame around those things and then it really limited me. And now I want to like harbor all the, I want to expand outside of the frame. And so I'm taking the frame off things lately. I don't want to define the way that you know I heal or how I believe or what I want to teach or what I want to learn anymore like and I think that that just allows me to be so open back when it was kundalini yoga it was like just kundalini yoga yeah. back when it was astrology it was just astrology and I think like now I think like every little thing can like really teach us something and just like being open it's yeah. almost like a diamond, right? Like it's like all a part of the same diamond. It's just different fractals, yeah. you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I think you're right. I've been thinking about that with like identity because even in the intro to this, like I recorded the intro to this podcast a couple of weeks ago and I was like, how do I even introduce myself? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm queer, I'm non-binary, I'm bisexual and I am a neurodivergent and like, do I say I'm autistic or like whatever that is? And do I, you know, what do I say about myself and what are all these categories? And each of those things that, that I thought of were things that felt so important to me when I kind of newly discovered that I was them. Like when I, like I was kind of a late blooming queer cause I was mostly just convinced I was straight cause I was very literal minded and didn't understand that was an option for a while. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm queer. Like now this is like a whole me, it's who I am. You have to accept me. And now <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I don't even like, I know what I am like, you know, but whatever. And then the same thing with the, with the neurodivergent stuff, like for a minute, it's like you put it on like this big fluffy warm fur coat and you're like, oh, this is keeping me warm. This is exactly right. Like this is what I've been missing the whole time. But now, but really like you're, you're like a closet of coats. This is a terrible analogy, but like, do you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of like get more comfortable with them and then you're like, well, that is like a facet, like you're saying it's not the end all be all of my identity. And, and I feel like it's a sign that you've done a good job of kind of integrating it back in when, when it is like that, when it's like, wait, why am I like coming out to you or something? Why am I like, don't you just obviously know who I am or whatever, like, or, you know, or why would it be a surprise that I was some part of who I am? If you know who I am, does that track? It's, there's nothing like smashing your own ego. <laughs> it isn't you know. that's the other thing identity is it is all like weird egos and so you are always like reforming you're always like smashing it down and reforming and I think I think you and I are used to that and good at that like at this point but there's always more you're never done there's always a new way to smash it and reform it you know yeah you just gotta reshape things right like I don't even know if like you know the 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 piece will ever be ready for the kiln you know what I mean? Like, I just think that like, you know, we're always, it's like clay. Like we're always just going to be reshaping the same thing until it's like how we like it. But I don't know if it's ever going to be ready for the kiln. 
Well, because you know? we're never, because we're, we're always changing too. Like the text is never fixed because the author isn't dead, you know, and the reader isn't dead. And so the next day the reader has a new experience and that's going to go into what the text means or like whatever, like it just goes on forever. But I really There's like- There's no arrival point. Yeah, it's not. It's about a, It's about a flow, a state of becoming, right? Yeah. Aquarian Music Witch, the podcast, is made possible by listeners like you. To support this project, you can contribute directly through our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash aquarianmusicwitch. Or consider subscribing to our Supercast page. With the AMW Supercast Content Access Pass, you'll gain access to a vault of exclusive content and other cosmic perks starting at just $5 a month. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I, you know, my landlord, who's not like, you know, the most wise person in the universe, he's a little no nonsense. <laughs> you never know. You never know. He, right, maybe secretly, right? Like he doesn't <laughs> fuck around. He is no nonsense. <laughs> But he said something to me once about like his favorite quote is, is I forget verbatim, but it's along the lines of like the best um, adventure journey is to like um, is to like sail and journey and to never arrive, you know, and I think that there's some truth to that. never arrive at your destination. And kind of think I think there's, there's a lot truth. of truth to that. I think that's been kind of how my music career has been shaping up, especially recently. It's funny to think about because when I was at the kind of beginning side of that, I was like, what do, what do I want that to be? I want to be a musician. And I had to kind of figure out what that meant. And it, and it meant, and at some point it was like, eventually I'll get music out. It'll be real music and I'll get paid for it. Well, I have music out. I've gotten paid for it. I'm growing my audience all the time, but I've put out like eight singles now. And I oh. have not to mention the album I made you when I was, when I was in college. <laughs> I mean, just incredible. Just which is so good and i cannot wait for new music to come out too that you've shown me on your rooftop in philly uh yeah there's more stuff coming out this year and i i do think it would be really fun actually to go back and redo that album that i made you but it was just the weird i don't even know why i did that like I just got really obsessive and I just was like, I have a whole album worth of an idea and I made it and you were the only person I gave a copy to. And now you've given it back. So I do have it on my computer. Did I send you it? I forgot. No, you never sent it to me. I'm you sorry. told me. That. No, yeah. send it to me whenever you can. I would love to. I just remember it being so special and unique. And I feel like, you know, too, it doesn't, it's like the reason why you created it was just to create it. it like just to touch on like the why. I don't think that there needs to be always with art and everything like a you know like a why other than just like to to create it's like you're just creating for the sake of creating and remember that album just it was kind of cool yeah storytelling is just a way for and that album was like for me at that time like I felt it and no one else like really heard it. It was like in my car and I was listening to it and I always thought it was so special and loved it every second of it. And it's kind of cool like to like think about that because you're probably going to be famous like literally with your <laughs> music one day, maybe sooner than later. I just think it's that spectacular and I know that that's probably going to happen. And to think like, yeah, in like 20 
11 or whatever i was like <laughs> listening to her secret album like you know <laughs> like it's <laughs> a one-of-a-kind copy original you know and but it really just... i mean i appreciate that you appreciate it i think that's i think for some reason only you would have gotten it at that time and it would be in a way fun to go remake that album because there was a lot about it that was like very much my first kind of work especially singing and i had a lot to work through with my voice because my voice was very um if you think about like energy centers, I had a big block on my throat chakra. And I wonder if you could hear that at the time, or if you listen now, I'll send it right after we're done recording this. Um, or as soon as I can find it after we're done recording it, I think it's on this computer. But anyway, um, I clearly had some stuff to work through with the, with my throat, but I also think it was like trying to mark a time and trying to mark something that felt really important to say to you. And I think, it didn't it wasn't really for anybody else at the time so maybe I should just kind of leave it where it was but it's funny to think about that because that was really the first effort I did at any of that and and feeling the whole time like I don't know what fame is really I think fame is also something we kind of make up at this point like I think <laughs> yeah. I just manifest fame in my own head and then that's all that's all true for me like is almost how it works but so I don't know where the, like talking about destinations and arrival points, like, where is that? You know, how famous do I get before I'm famous? I made eight songs. I get paid for my music. Like, you know, like I, I kind of made it, but I also kind of haven't made it even whatsoever. But every day you just put a little bit more into going on that path really. And, and that's the joy of my life. Like, that's why I think is, I don't know what, I don't, I have a lot of diverse things. I think I want to contribute. I'm interested in, and I think I can help the world with. But for some reason, it always all comes back to music and always has for me. And so I'm not exactly sure what that means, except that I'm always supposed to, for as long as I'm alive, be making music, you know, in some capacity. If anyone is, it's you. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, I have, <laughs> I just remember like, God, like, you helped me like I don't even know if you know like I don't know if we've ever really touched on it before but like the reason why I have like you know a piano in my home and play piano is because like I wanted to learn how to play piano and I remember taking piano lessons for like 10 weeks like once a week I think with this woman and trying to learn how to read music and everything it just was not computing and like there were just these few little times where you would teach me like a few chords, like really like gently, like not like, you know, like a teacher, teacher, like rigid. It was just like, oh, this is more simple than you might think. And just like showing me. And I remember it was like it made so much sense. And now not that I'm like, you know, the next Mozart, but I am like, You're you know, playing... musician. you've you've come up with like original work that's I like your work because you developed your own style completely that you wouldn't have been able to if you had taken lessons. And I wouldn't say that to everybody. I would say to a lot of people, just start with some lessons, get some piano under your belt, and then you can go from there. For you, once again, just for you, I think the best path was the one that you walked for yourself and you just kind of taught yourself certain things and you have some very interesting music that you've made. Like, you're the one, though, who actually, like, I don't have perfect pitch, but I think I have relative pitch. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I don't know how to read music. And you were like, oh, well, like, some people have, like, relative or perfect pitch and, like, can, like, hear music and replicate it. And I actually can, I found out that I can do that. And, like, I don't know, like, you just have a way of 
you have a way with music unlike anybody else. Like, I feel like you understand music in the most intuitive way, but also you understand, like, you know, the the bones of it, the mathematics and, you know, all of that too, like all the facets, all the fractals and you get it and understand it. And I think that your music has evolved so much too. And the way that your voice is now, like, it's almost like, um, it almost like, echoes some of my favorite artists like Lana Del Rey or like um, Hope Sandoval or like it's just like almost echoing that kind of like beautiful magnetic like you know thing that only special I feel like special people are able to like hold and, and harbor that and you're one of them and I just think if anyone is like just like meant to do music in this lifetime you are definitely in that bundle like i think that you know that's that's like your gift well i'm getting me i love you for just always seeing me that is a treat and that is a gift to me because i i don't know that i'm like the same as lana but it is something like that's always been well i you also you know it's funny and let me also say reciprocally you, I don't know if we ever talked about this either. You were a huge influence on my early music tastes, like huge. Like one time, so first of all, there was Evanescence, the, the queen goddess of them <laughs> and, and the obsession with Evanescence. And then there was, um, <laughs> then there was Otep. And one time it was on the way back from an Evanescence know. concert that my mom drove us to, you, me, and the third Aquarius, who will not be named uh, a <laughs> friend group, <laughs> just because it, I feel like it's rude because she did not consent to being here. But um, right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the three of us went to this Evanescence concert. We must have been in middle school. And then on the, on the drive home in the back of my mom's Honda Odyssey minivan, I was like, not sure what to do. And I had a Walkman, like old style, cheapo ear like circles walkman uh headphones and you were like uh i don't know if you'll like this but here you go it might be a little dark for you i don't know if you'll be able to like if you'll want to handle it or not or something like that and i was like okay and it was otep <laughs> and i loved it i spent the rest of that um the rest of that drive home just like absorbing i don't know i want to say it was maybe either sevastra or house of secrets but either way i just was like totally obsessed and then that became like my whole like I listened to corn I think because no I think that was maybe but um oh I I'm gonna bleep out the name because I didn't mean to say it sorry um <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah I no, I I think that was her but yeah. we both like them it me and like the me and her type of music fun, yeah so. and I and you and Evanescence was you and Otep was you big time and that became like a huge a huge band for me like she her music touched me so seriously I didn't even know until much later that Otep was queer I don't know obviously if you listen but like I don't even know what that all was at all but like I totally somehow disturbingly enough like deeply identified <laughs> with that just like rage and I you know like there's <laughs> stories between why we might identify with that as like you know oh where we were at in life but like I think we both identified with that. Like it was something that just, I think broke out of, how do I want to say that? It's like, it broke out, it broke out. It was like, it was like a feeling that you, it was just like, you couldn't even conceive of having in the place that we grew up, you know? 
Like you couldn't even possibly be that radical to feel that much rage until that moment. I was like, oh my God, this is possible. And it was just like a whole, uh, it was like an expansion of the real possibility. <laughs> Amazing. My God, I did not, I haven't thought about that in forever about like that, those bands really. And um, no, that well, they were so angry because the other into, side of it, was, we were so mad. We were so mad. <laughs> we were so mad. But the other, the other side of that was, it was almost like I don't. Again, a canon event, but I think um, it almost, it almost, it didn't. I wouldn't say it dragged me down because it was like a totally what I needed to do. On the other hand, I now understand. This is a very interesting thing to get into. I've never voiced this, and this is very, very important. I now understand how much the music energy will affect your personal energy and even will manifest things. And so I got so into that music and it is so dark and it is so painful. And I sat in that pain and it was like my entire soundscape for year, for a few years there until I kind of moved into a different phase of like iron and wine and fleet foxes and shit in college. But like, couple years there I was really big on that kind of whole sound and just like sonic pain and <laughs> I, I feel like I was in pain and some of it was the music like some of it was because of that too you know do you know what I mean I 100% I don't really listen to like anything like that anymore for that exact reason it brings you down it's actually kind of unlistenable to me at this point you're not um, vibrating with it. Why were we vibrating with it at the time, Stephen? What I, the hell? I think because place. yeah, we were just uh, we were experiencing. I'm loving the word this podcast, but like we were experiencing some contrast, right? Mm -hmm. Like now, I'm like finding like I really only want to listen to music that makes me feel good. You know, mm -hmm. even if there's some catharsis and some pain and sadness, like trust me when I say I can you know, mope around with some Elliot Smith and some Mazzy star all day long. Mm -hmm. I can like mope around and like, you know, and, but also it's like beautiful too. And like, it's like, I can make like beautiful art to that kind of, you know, soundscape too. But then sometimes um, I'm only, it's fresh in my mind because I'm new to her and I love her. I'm obsessed with her, but sometimes I just need like really nice melodies, like what um this artist Mitski is I putting love out. Mitski. Did you know I just covered her washing machine song? Stop. I think I you it. Maybe I didn't. If I didn't, that was no. You did. Oh my god! I'll have to. I love. I love Mitski. Um, okay. no, my my um someone I know in St. Pete introduced me to Mitski and I am just loving everything because it's so, she reminds me of you. That's funny that you covered. Mm -hmm. It's like creative. It's her cover. voice is angelic and the um, lyrics are always interesting. And she's got so many different kinds of styles in her music. It's very eclectic and she's um, just churning out stuff too. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So Anyway, yeah, the, the vibration that music puts out is like a state of our health, too. Like, it's tied to our mental and emotional health, I think. And so I can't really listen to anything that's metal anymore or even, like, hard rock can be kind of annoying to me. Um, I need music that is, like, more ethereal is what I'm coming to find. Yeah. Well, I think it's all about, honestly, like, 
and I, and I can fully say this with my full chest, it's just like an actual expert of music TM. It's all about the vibration. Like, I feel like you're just, I feel like it's what you're vibrating with. What, you know what I mean? Or like what you resonate with. It, it, and if you're just past it, you're past it. Or if you're beyond it, you're beyond it. And that's a good place to be. It's, and Absolutely. it's interesting to think about and the story that, that or like how that plays into the story of the whole thing of your of our lives, you know, but I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's really like, how sad, where were we back then that that was really it. That was like the, wow, like we can feel this this is validating whatever was happening for us at the time. I'm so glad that we're beyond that. What the hell? I think that we were a little lost. And um, yeah, I just definitely like kind of put that to the side a little bit that that even, well, there's like obviously acknowledgement, but it's like, you know, I put that to the side because it doesn't even make me feel good to think about it too too much you know that i felt that much you know um like just heaviness around that time and how you know it reflected like you know through like the music and the movies i was interested in and like you know the types of voices that i was like listening to even like you know just like comedy stuff and like, you know, just everything, like my taste and everything has like turned upside down, like flipped on its back and it keeps on doing so like more and more and more like, you know, towards like a more um, not just all positive because that would be definitely not the case. But like, you know, just I'm always seeking depth, um, of course, but like different types of emotions and healthily expressing them and like for me, for example, like that's like the thing, like that style music, while it's a creative, cathartic outlet for for heavy metal bands like Otep or, or you know, others that I was interested in at the time, um, like Tool, for example, was another. And I just also like, you know, see too now, like how we can, how that kind of thing can also be very toxic. And it's almost like poisoning yourself with it, especially in heavy doses like that. And it does alter your vibration. And for me, um, it just doesn't mix well with what's been happening for over a decade for me or almost. Yeah, over a decade for me now, like it's like it does not land well, um, certain vibrations and sound currents. And that is definitely there. And yeah, at that time, um, I think that, God, I wish that someone had put a stop to it, <laughs> honestly. Really? Because I feel like it had to happen. Do you think you wish you could have just bypassed it? I wish I could have bypassed it. Hmm. Yeah, I wish I could have skipped that part, to be honest with you. That was not a not a fun time for me at all. And um, yeah, and I think that the music not helping i think that like yeah music is a bigger spell than we even know huh um yeah well i think yeah. it definitely played a big part in the whole but it wasn't the cause it was like reciprocally just part of that it was like a symbiotic part of i don't know what what whatever was happening whatever happens in that area yeah but now if i like see someone i don't know 
just raging out to like you know metal and like you know mosh pitting and whatever i'm i'm personally at this point like that's and you know it's judgmental yeah but i'm like oh that's a young soul (laughs) you know like that's that must be there there are a lot of new souls on the planet right now (laughs) you know but i have to remember you know my roots too and so it's almost like oh well I hope that, you know, one day they kind of can, you know, find their peace, too, in, in some regards, anyway. Hey, um, God, no one's going to listen to this podcast because it's like an hour and a half. Oh, you'd be surprised. I'm think- I've never <laughs> with it, but I think people will find it very interesting, and I sure appreciate your time. But it is also quite literally New Year's Eve, and so maybe... This is a good time to uh, stop and enjoy the turn, the arbitrary turn into a new year here. But I think this yeah. is a perfect way to end this one. I couldn't have imagined it better. I'm completely blessed to know you, my friend, and I'm so thankful for you and for your time and for your storytelling. You're amazing. That was really crazy, so but I really do love you. No, I love you. You're literally one of my favorite people I've ever known. Oh my god, you know what's so funny? He just came on the bed, Gus. No, yes, um, we didn't even talk yeah. about Gus. The cat uh, I gave you. <laughs> the cat that you gifted me, I think it's been 14 years yeah, now. Oh, um, like 14 years ago. Just came up on the bed, like right up to the phone. I think he just wants to say hi or bye or both. Timing. And... A king. As always, with the perfect sense of timing. Oh my gosh, he's such a, uh, he's a king, but he's also just so psychic and he's, you know, just that human soul in a cat body kind of like thing. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I feel super blessed to know you and thank, thank you very much for, for reaching out about this. I've been thinking about you and I love that we just it worked out so easily and effortlessly to do the podcast with you. I think that you literally asked me yesterday almost yeah. on a whim. And I know it was almost on a whim. And yet I think I'm going to definitely start the whole thing with this because it's just exactly right. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It just worked. It just, well, I love you so much, my friend. Thank you. I hope you have a blessed new year, a wonderful 2024. I think it's going to be great. I really do. I hope that you're Oh, you muted yourself as you said that. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> great. <laughs> that was the universe being like, shut up, Steven. It's going to be great. It was like, no, I was just saying, yeah, in agreement to that. I think that things are actually going really well, and I think it's only going to get better.